You're listening to the Talking Rheumatology podcast, brought to you by the British Society for Rheumatology. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rheumatology Careers podcast. My name is Anastasia Madanidu, and I'm a rheumatology registrar and a PhD student in Manchester. Today we're talking about research and rheumatology, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Dr. Ben Mulhan, who is a rheumatology trainee at Bath, currently on an academic clinical fellowship. So hi, Ben, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Anastasia. Thank you very much for inviting me. Lovely. Thanks. Um, And could you please introduce yourself and tell us more about yourself? Of course, yes. So, so my name is Ben Mulhern. I am um, I'm currently working at the RUH in Bath on a three-year academic clinical fellowship. So I'm just coming to the end of of that three years now. I think I'm classified as an ST7, but who who really knows when when you've done research? It's difficult to say. But I'm going to do my last year of training at um, North Bristol, so Southmead Hospital, starting in August when I'll be doing general medicine and rheumatology. And originally I'm from the Northwest. I'm from Chorley, Lancashire. Did my training down in at St. George's Hospital Medical School in London, and then did my foundation years down in Croydon and then in Brighton. And then from, from then onwards, I've been to New Zealand and then back up to Manchester and then down to the Southwest. So I've traveled around a little bit. <laughs> what a journey, that's, that's exciting. And um, can you please tell us how you got involved in research and why did you get involved you know, in the first instance? Yeah, it's an interesting question. So I think as scientists, we're all interested in discovery. And so I've always been interested in discovery. And I think that research from that point of view is, is, very, is very exciting. But um, I suppose my first exposure to research was when I did my uh, bachelor's degree as my integrated BSc during uh, medical school Mm. and at that point I was doing a lab-based project Um, it was very laborious I was looking at slices of rat brains and I had to put them onto slides and stain them for specific dopamine receptors it was very time consuming I was working on my own in a lab I didn't particularly enjoy it at that time so I didn't think that that was the type of research I wanted to go into. So then from then onwards, I, I went through F1 and F2, wasn't really involved in any research whatsoever, apart from obvious requirements of having to do audits and quality improvement projects. And then after F2, I decided to take some time out of training and I also wanted to do some travel. So I, I went over to New Zealand for a year and I, I worked over there as a, as a general medic. And when I got back to the UK, I still wasn't ready to start core medical training. (laughs) So I I was having a look around to see what my options were. And I thought it would be interesting for me to do a degree in immunology because um, I do have an interest in in immunology. And I did do when I was at medical school as well. So I did a master's degree at the University of Manchester in immunology with immunogenetics, um, which was completely non-clinical. And I, I really enjoyed it. And during that time, I had um, I had a research project which involved biochemistry, 
mixed with cell culture. So um, I was doing a lot of work trying to separate proteins and then applying those proteins to mice and trying to discover what a specific type of protein was that was secreted from from a, a mouse parasite. And I, at that point, I was working in quite a large team in the lab and it was really good fun. A lot of the time when you do research, you know, you, you develop your own work schedule. So you go in when, when you need to go in. If you don't need to go in, you can work from home. And and for me, it, it really it really suited me really well. So I really enjoyed doing my lab work at that point. But then after that, I went back to do my core medical training. And then after two years of core medical training up in Manchester, I I thought, yeah, I want to try and get into research. So I, I applied for an academic clinical fellowship, actually, in rheumatology, um, but I was unsuccessful because my, my CV wasn't good enough and there was a the better candidate. And I think that's a running theme, actually, with research is that, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's there's a, there's a lot of unsuccess let's just say that and you've just got to keep persevering so so i i didn't get the acf and i was about to apply for st3 but then i had a look around and one of my colleagues suggested that there were some phd's fellowships which were coming up in a new department at the university of manchester the mccir which was which still is the Manchester Centre for Inflammation Research. And so those PhDs were non-clinical as well. And I applied for one and I got it. So I did four years of um, four years of a PhD up in Manchester. And that's when I really got interested in research because at that point I was looking at, I was doing human research and I was looking at um, rheumatoid arthritis patients and trying to discover biomarkers which might predict whether or not they would respond to anti-TNF. So the nice thing about Manchester is that the the university is directly opposite the hospital so I could run across and get samples when samples came up and then go back to the lab. I had to develop all of my own methods because nothing had been set up at that point but I really really enjoyed my time doing research in Manchester and and that's really at the point when I, I felt that, you know, I, I want to be involved in research long term. So that's um, that's how I got excited about research. And I think if you have a, you know, if you have a lust for, for, for discovery, then then research is probably something that you should think about trying to get involved with. Definitely. True. Yeah. You know, you have worked in different departments, so it's a. Uh... It, it's very exciting also you get exposed to different types of research because sometimes you need you know, to try different things and find out what things suits you and what you could do maybe you know, in the long term as well. So do you think that anyone specific inspired you? Do you think, because sometimes I feel that people, the people that you have around you help you to achieve what you want. It's not just only you that you have this idea and you go and do it. What do you think about your environment? More? Yeah, I, I think if if you are interested in research, but you're starting from scratch, that it's always a really good idea to to find out who is research active in your department or even in your area. It doesn't even have to be in the hospital that you're working in and go and have a conversation with them, because if they're active in research, they'll want to talk about their research, you know, because that's what inspires them. And they may well have little projects as well that that or that need to be completed or even papers that need to be written up. 
there are always things that need to be done and um, that would be a nice easy way into into research another thing which inspired me was working in a, one of the larger departments so um, the Kelgren Centre in Manchester is a real really research active department and many people there uh, do lots of different types of research and I ended up being invited to write a review paper with one of the professors up there and that gave me experience writing and I think writing is another skill which people are scared about because mm. it's daunting but actually the more you do the easier it does get and and what what was nice is when when you get something published and then people start using it as as a reference that that you know that makes you feel quite proud of the work that you've done exactly and then people know you because of what you have done or what you have published so yes it's definitely a nice feeling so what would you advise trainees to do if they want you know to get exposed to research maybe just start sending cold emails or speak to people in person what would you advise so depending on the type of research that they want that you know that the trainees want to get involved in with um so i think the two main branches of research that people would think about getting involved in well the three really are epidemiological research mm. which uses databases and the, the great thing about epidemiology is that the data is all there you just have to extract it and analyze it it's it's all there waiting to be analyzed if people enjoy being in the lab then obviously finding somebody who does lab work would be important to try and get some experience in the lab the one thing i would say about that is that if if you have no experience at all it can be quite challenging to get to grips with the different methods that are used in labs so for instance it took me about six months to learn how to pipette properly because it is a real skill um, and when I saw the the scientists you know the non the non-medical scientists doing it I was absolutely amazed because they can do it so quickly and so perfectly but it is a skill that you do pick up and then the third the third way I would probably recommend for people to try and think about getting into research would be to speak to their R&D department yeah and their research and development head of so some there usually will be a doctor or a consultant who um, who leads on research and they will know what studies are going on and these may be clinical trials and the the research and development team r and d team may need help in recruiting patients or even just identifying patients from clinic lists and that's a really good way of trying to get into research because once you start to interact with your r and d department then then other opportunities may well arise as well so definitely speak to the r&d departments ask your ask your research lead and you know if you're really interested in re a specific type of research in the area look to see who's doing that research and contact them by email absolutely mm. no that's great great advice and um moving on to the next question is there a good time throughout your training that you should get involved in research should you get involved in research quite early or maybe later during your registrar years? What would you advise from your experience? Yeah. A correct answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think there's a right answer. I think um, if you're interested in research, there's no right or wrong time to get involved in it. I think any time in your registrar training would be a good time to be involved in research. But we've got SHOs in our department in Bath 
who are interested in rheumatology who are getting involved in in research projects um so it, there is no right or wrong time at all i i would say don't delay it if you're interested you know put the feelers out already um and the other thing about research is that once you it's not an all or nothing thing so you may be involved in research for a year or two then you may go back and do general medicine and rheumatology and not do any research whatsoever and then you may dip your toe in again so people tend to dip in and dip out of research if if they're not full-time academics and by that what I mean is um, those people who go on to get academic clinical lectureships and then get employed by universities you know with the hope of becoming a professor I think many many clinicians don't go down that route and do research unfortunately a lot of the time has to be in the spare time, but you know, if you've got admin time, then and and the project isn't too difficult, then you can get the the bits and of research done in 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 your admin time, especially if it's things like data collection or data analysis that can be done in your, in your spare time as well. Um, so there's no right or wrong time really to get involved. I'd say the earlier the better. Yeah, true. And what I would like to add is. But we should focus more um, about the skills we're going to learn while we do research rather than to say, oh, I'm doing research on rheumatoid arthritis on another disease. I think what's more important is the skills you learn, is epidemiological skills, are they lab skills? And these skills are transferable. So if your clinical interest changes, you can use these skills mm. and do another project on a disease that you get more interested. So sometimes yeah. we try, we focus on the clinical the translation of the research i think sometimes we we forget the skills because all of us as clinicians were coming from a clinical background what do you think about about it yeah i think that research is a steep learning curve and for me i would say it's more difficult than medicine and a lot of people are quite surprised when i say that but for instance if i look back at the time when i was doing my phd i was learning a lot of lab techniques um, you know, 95% of the time when you do an experiment, it goes wrong. And that's not unusual. Um, so I was learning a lot of lab techniques. And as I was going along through my PhD at that point, I was learning new techniques off other um, research associates. So other people doing research in the lab and um, and learning that way. When I came down to the Southwest, uh, you know, I would have liked to have continued in the lab, but, you know, with COVID pandemic things, that, that wasn't very um, easy to get into and patient samples. And it's very difficult to set up from scratch, particularly during a pandemic. So I actually moved into more epidemiology work. And for me, that was almost like starting from scratch again. So I had to learn how to use different statistical methods. And so from a methods point of view, I, I had a look online to see what courses there were. I did an introduction to epidemiology. I did a few other courses, particularly around coding. So there are certain statistical um, programs, one called STATA or STATA. That's excellent for large data sets, but it, it it uses its own language, so you have to learn how to how to program using the language. And then there's always R, and R is an excellent tool which um, a lot of um, researchers are using now for different different reasons. So um, I had to learn how to code, and it, it was quite good fun to be honest. Um, so I would say 
rather than think about the methods, I think you would think about the project first and then look at what skills you may need to, to complete that project and then what courses you need to go on to. Yeah, true. Uh, so, yeah, you, your journey, you know, you've done different things. So it's, uh, it's quite impressive. You know, you learned all these different methods, different places. But My take-home message is you can be flexible. You can do different things, and uh, which is very nice. There is no straight pathway in research which is, I think, quite inspiring. So do you really enjoy uh, in research? And is there anything that you don't really enjoy? Uh, yeah, so there's a lots of things I don't enjoy about research. Go, I think going into research and juggling that with medicine as well as rheumatology, because I think the majority of us now dual accrediting, can be quite a lot of work. So being organised is key, really, and trying to plan when you have research days or when you have time to do research, plan what you're going to do during that time. That's that's very important. But back to the question that you asked about what I enjoy about research. Um, I actually enjoy analysing the data once it's collected. I think that's really exciting because, yeah. you know, you, you, you're, you're getting preliminary results through. Sometimes the results go your way. Sometimes they don't. But that's the reason you're doing the research is to get the results. So the analysing of the data is, for me, quite exciting. And then getting it published, you know, getting getting the work published is really great. It feels really great when you get your, when you finally get a paper accepted. It can be quite a tough process because um, the review peer review process can be quite lengthy. But, um, you know, it's getting better. And so that's not the worst part of research for me. I would say the most difficult part or the, the, the least enjoyable part of research would be having to apply for um, funding yeah. um, because there's a lot of paperwork, there's a lot of writing involved and continually have to apply for funding to complete your research projects. And the other thing about research is that you've got to have a thick skin. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of grant applications or, or even a fellowship application will be declined you know will you won't be successful but you just have to use that application use the feedback that you got from it and apply somewhere else if you're really keen on continuing and just persevere yeah. and you will get there so you know as an example we recently put in a grant to get some vasculitis uk funding to to look at some gca work on cardiovascular disease but it it was unsuccessful i didn't get the funding for it I'm sorry. Uh, that's fine. No, it's fine. And, you know, the, the great thing is, is that the reviewers thought it was an excellent project. There just there could be a couple couple of things which could be improved with it. So I think what I'm going to do is sit on it for a few weeks, have a think about where the next place is I'm going to apply and, and apply again. And um, and that's the way it goes. So, um, you know, the funding is difficult and the juggling of clinical work with research and you know how busy we all are with our clinical work at the moment. We're all completely flat out, aren't we? We've got, if you do research, you've really got to make sure that you compartmentalise your time and that you don't let the clinical side of thing encroach into your research time if you have research time, because that can very easily happen. Yeah, true. So I'm hearing that rejection is part of research, isn't it? So and we need to accept it in a way. So we yes. forward. So failure is a big part of research, whether that's failure to find results, 
one of my old professors said to me that if two percent of your lab experiments work you're a good scientist if five percent of your lab experiments go to plan then you're an excellent scientist so you know that's quite a low number if you think about it but that's for lab work but um yeah so failure and and sometimes as a medic that's something that we're not very used to because you when for instance you're treating patients on an acute take or in rheumatology we expect them to get better and a lot of the time they do because we have protocols guidelines to follow but all of those protocols and guidelines they've all been developed through uh, well a lot of them anyway um through people who have done research and who have failed and and who have had to persevere so i think failure is is an integral part of of research that you just have to get used to yeah yeah i echo this yeah <laughs> thank you if you want to share with us any any future plans you have in research, you said about this project, the GCA project, but moving forward in your career, have you thought about how would you like to maybe combine clinical work with research as a consultant, or is it something that it's quite early for you to, to think about? Well, yeah, I wouldn't say it's early because I've got one year left before I have to start applying for consultant posts. So I have started thinking about this. I know that I'm not going to be um, somebody who will apply for a lectureship at a university. An ideal job for me would be to be an NHS consultant, but with some PAs to do research. And if that means having to work less than full time as a consultant and apply for my own external funding, then that's probably the route I will go down. At the moment, I've got three or four different research projects that I want to get completed before I finish my, my registrar training and get written up and, and get published. And also, amazingly, there are still publications coming out of my um, PhD, which finished in 2018. So so once they get written up and I'll be an author on those as well. So So that's good. But I think from my point of view, I'll probably end up dipping in and dipping out of research throughout my career. I really don't know where I'm, I want to apply for consultant post yet, but I really like the Southwest. It's a it's a great place to live and work. But um, again, you have to be open to suggestion and open to movement. And, and sometimes the right opportunity just comes around at the right time. So we shall see. Yeah, and depending who listens to this podcast, you may have some offers. <laughs> no. Yeah, I wasn't plugging myself then, by the way. <laughs> I know, no. <laughs> oh, that's great. So um, thank you very much, Ben, for sharing, you know, your whole journey in research and all your thoughts. And that was that was great to hear that there is flexibility and um, all your amazing things that you have done. That's that's great. Any any final thoughts you would like to share with uh, our audience before we finish? Yeah, I, I, research, um, sorry, rheumatology is a real research intensive specialty. And, and so I think it is easy to get into doing some form of research. And, and it is enjoyable um, when you get into it. And it's really not daunting. So I would really recommend even the, you know, the ST3s and, you know, the people thinking about doing rheumatology to, to try and get involved in some form of research at an early stage, even if it's data collection for somebody you know, that may mean getting your name as a middle author on a paper, which looks great. Just ask around. And finally, if you get offered something and you don't think it's for you, say no. 
don't be afraid to say no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do things that you enjoy. That's very important. Do something you enjoy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, that's great. Thank you very much, Ben, uh, for sharing all your wisdom. And thank you very much to all the listeners. Thank the you. The pleasure, Anastasia. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for listening to Talking Rheumatology, brought to you by BSR. Please do rate, share and subscribe through your favourite podcast app.